0: Resurfaces is a podcast presented to you by me, your host, Emily Utrup. In each episode, I'll talk to athletes and industry leaders who have faced adversity. And through shared vulnerability, I'll explore the mental and emotional challenges they have faced and discover the strategies they have used to not only bounce back, but to come back stronger than ever. I want to motivate and inspire you to show your vulnerability, acknowledge your fears, and to follow your dreams. Welcome. Today I have Elise Kringer in, uh, on resurface uh, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Just for people who don't know a little background, how we know each other, Elise was actually, you hired me for my first job at uh, Well Surf League back when you were the social media director. And yeah, so we met online for the first time. I think that's nearly two years ago now. Mm-hmm and uh, it was kind of also a start of my new journey so I was been following you since then we met one time in Portugal when we were both working at the World Tour event in Pinish. and then since then I feel like we've both been on a big journey and yeah. and obviously hey, I've been following you a lot on LinkedIn and I find all your content everything you've been doing since then really inspired is really inspiring and I'm really excited to dig into everything today.
1: Yeah, awesome! Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to to be here. I think this podcast is awesome, and yeah, excited to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. And just before we we kind of dive into where you are now, and this episode is going to be focused more on on career and mm-hmm. uh, shaping like a career within the sports industry which is really exciting to me as well, because that's something, you know, I also been, been doing and working on for the last years. And I think a lot of people out there can, you know, fin- find inspiration in, in what you've been doing. Um, so I would like to ask you kind of where your love of action sports started and how that whole journey started for you and how you tried to, to transform it into a career.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, um, I grew up in central Florida, um, and there wasn't a lot going on there, you know, small town horses, things like that. And when I was 13, I learned to surf. Um, I got invited to a surf camp and I was put on a team and I was the only girl. Um, and at the end of the week I came out with the trophy and all the boys hated me. Um, and that experience, I mean, it just, I was in love with it. I mean, you, you know, from surfing, it's like, the 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 lifestyle everything I um you know it kind of changed my life and I like wanted to be a part of that so that was kind of like my first intro um to surfing and you know after that I was like you know I want to go to college on the east coast I need to move to the ocean like I need to be around this um so fast forward to when I moved to to college um in St. Augustine Florida I I started skateboarding um so I moved into a a new town and I had a home park and I just like picked up this new sport and, um, that's where skateboarding kind of came in for me. Um, and that experience was, I think kind of like the most pivotal one, um, you know, being at this new point in my life and coming into that sport and being treated differently because I was a female, whether it was good or bad. Um, but that you just like going through that of like going up to a park, like And like having, that was like the first time I, you know, kind of like realized like the the world that we live in. And um, I had never actually seen, I had never actually met any other female skateboarders in real life until I moved um, to school. And it had been a while. Um, I had maybe seen some online, but I remember the first girl I met at the skate park, you know, we're still like best friends to this day. We ended up getting like, you know, a little shop sponsor together and like, kind of like progressing together is amazing. But um, those two moments I would say in sport, you know, kind of really helped like put me on this path and, you know, the skateboarding combined with being in college at the time, I was like, okay, I need to wrap this together. Like, this is what I want to work towards. Um, and really helping like amplify other women and, and sport, um, in general, just because that difference was, mm-hmm. yeah, so stark. So.
0: And then from there, (coughs) did did you already know that, okay, so you went into skateboarding and then you went, like you were studying in college. Did you already know that, okay, I want my career to be around action sports or was that something that just
1: happened? I knew I wanted, I come. I like, I came from like a very, um, you know, I grew up very creative. Like I, my mom was a muralist. Like I was always like painting and like doing photography and things like that. And I, In school, I studied um, graphic design and fine art. So it's like I wanted to jumble everything together. Like I was always like very mixed media, like let me do graphic design, but also do this and like all the creative things. And I kind of was like, how can I put all that together with something I'm passionate about, you know, whether that's sport or surfing or whatever. In school, my teachers kind of always challenged me because a lot of my projects would be around surfing and they'd be like, but why? But like, what is the meat? What is the reason? Like everyone loves, you know. This So that kind of like pushed me to like think further. And then w- through that experience in skateboarding, you know, I was like, okay, I want to empower women, like I would love to work specifically with women athletes, female athletes. Um And that kind of came to light. And it was like a, a weird mix of how things happened after I graduated paired with my first job. And then like the boom of social media, where all those things kind of came together, and I really packaged them up and was able to use them. To start landing jobs. Mm -hmm. So, what was the first job that you landed after
0: the college where you said there was that, you know, boom of social media? Because now I know that your career is a lot focused around social media today.
1: Yeah, my first um, job was with a local um, magazine in Jacksonville Beach. It was called Void Magazine. Um, I was a graphic designer and a photographer. Um, They had asked to do like a skateboarding shoot with me. And I had asked them for a job back, <laughs> so um, I, I, that kind of I jumped into that role. I mean, it was amazing. It was a great place for me to be, like a sponge, and like kind of do all of these things. But at the same time, I knew I wanted to move to California um, and work for one of these dream companies. So I started doing, you know, freelance work with those companies through like outreach on social. Um, so those two years was kind of like an overlay of like freelance work and then like my first job too.
0: And what was your, you're saying, like, you started freelancing for for some of your dream companies, uh, who were they, those companies, and, and then how did you end up landing your first dream job?
1: It's definitely a process, I, I've, I, you know, I came out of school with this, you know, like, oh, I love these things, like, I can do all this stuff, like, surely if I interview at Vans, like, they'll hire me, and they're like, who is this person in Florida who's never worked in the industry before? No. So those were the first times of me like really hearing no from um, people in these interviews. And I started realizing like, okay, I'm going to need to do free work to show my work, to build a portfolio, to have proof of concept of like what I want to get hired to do. So I was working with um, several skateboarding companies and clothing companies, you know, Billabong, Santa Cruz, Arbor Skateboards, things like that. And just having people sending product. And I was either, um, you know, styling the product and like art directing a shoot. You know, I remember one day I was like driving down the road and there was like a really rad El Camino, like outside this building. And I went inside the building and I was like, I would love to use this for a shoot. And the end of the week, I'm like cruising in this El Camino down the beach, random guys driving it and have like three girls skating behind it, like hanging onto the back, just like making amazing things. Um, but, you know, or I was like being featured in this stuff. So it was kind of like a mix of both, but I definitely set out to use, you know, my social platforms, you know, really started getting attention because I was a female that skated. And I was like, what, well, you know, am I going to use this to just show me or am I going to use it to get a job? And I'm like, well, I'm going to use it to get a job. So,
0: so yeah. interesting because I, you know, when, yeah, when you go in and you really, want something it's like yeah it's it's a hustle and it's a grind and you sometimes have to do all this extra work on top of of like working Mm -hmm. a full-time job somewhere else um and then when did you then do the move and i know you went into working for hurley and you know landing a great job Mm. there Uh, how
1: was the road to there yeah, there's so many steps before Hurley. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I wish it was like I got a call and like that was it. But yeah. in doing that side work, um I one of the people I reached out to, her name was Cindy Whitehead, she was a pro skateboarder in the 70s. Um she was the first female to be featured in Thrasher. She has like this amazing brand that like gives back to girls in skateboarding today and then she's also a sports stylist where she styles athletes in all sports, but I had reached out to her in my freelance pursuit. And fast forward, she ended up asking me to design a book. So I designed the first hardback book on female skateboarding um, for her. And that was the biggest project that I did during like that freelance window. Um, And launching that book and and everything after that came out, I was like, okay, California is definitely going to call me now. (laughs) Like, it's, I've done it, right. And um, not so much, but having that on my resume really helped like leverage, like being able to get the attention of, of people. And the first job that I did land was with, um, board writers group, Von Zipper, the sunglass company. Um, so I, I mean, it wasn't what I, you know, thought it was or dreamed, but it, they, they paid me to move like it was, it worked. So, um, it was probably about two years after doing, you know, living in Florida that I got that job and I was able to transition and move uh, to California.
0: And then how long did you stay with One OneSipper and what was
1: your role within there? I was there for about a year and a half. And I think my role is social strategy. You know, I led like their social for men's and women's product. But I think the biggest thing during that time was I was now in California so that freelance work that I was doing just like got magnified like these people that I was reaching out to now I was there with all of them so like that time of my life to me was like doing shoots in the morning before work and like skipping out early to like go make stuff happen and like driving down to San Diego or up to LA or like meeting all these you know like I was making my own projects that I wanted to be getting paid to do. I I was making campaigns and like interviewing athletes, you know, skateboard, BMXer, surfer, and like these girls, you know, now they're like some of my best friends, which is awesome. But that was like, you know, about a year and a half of like applying and more freelance to try to get um, to where I wanted. And that is what led me to Hurley.
0: So you, you left Funcipa to, because you got offered a job at Hurley. Mm -hmm. And Hurley
1: was also you were working with social media and strategy Yep. um social media strategist um for Hurley i mean amazing amazing people at that brand amazing team um amazing brand like it was that was that felt very like ah like this is this is it
0: mm mm-hmm. did you yeah. feel like okay now i have like my dream job and yeah. and this was you know where you wanted to be
1: i did yeah i definitely yeah. did
0: before we, like, move into, like, what happened hereafter, I just wanted to ask you one question, because I know that your background, as you said, is, like, in, in graphic design um, and uh, photography and so on. How did you transform that until suddenly, you know, going over to being a strategist when it comes to social media and marketing?
1: I don't even know. I feel like it just, it just happened. Cause even that, I think that first role at void at the magazine was very telling to me. I I, I was on paper as a graphic designer and I, um, you know, kind of just came in and I still to this day to kind of take this approach of like, obviously you do what you're paid to do, but it's like, if you have more to offer, offer it. And it's only going to like open those doors for you. I remember, avoid like the head photographer left and this was like a year into me working there and my boss came to me and we were like doing something one day I'm like yeah what are we gonna do like you you know you gotta find someone like Logan or it was great he was here for so long and he's like he looked at me and he's like I, I'd like you to do it and I was like what <laughs> oh, I don't know how to work strobe lights or like any of that stuff but um for the like social portion. Like, I think I kind of just took all of that. It was like, you know, making the content or doing the shoots. And it's like, okay, like, let me follow this all the way through to how you're going to market it and how you're going to share it with people. And it kind of just came naturally um, Mm -hmm. and turned into a thing.
0: Yeah. And I guess like, because you had that background and you've been, you know, you've been there from the beginning and, you know, seeing every step of the way, I guess you could also, you know, take all that experience into when it comes to strategy and budgeting and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always so much still to learn, like in it in anything. But um, it's, I think, going through that experience myself of like selling myself and making these things, like it definitely just kind of clicked and um, became the type of, you know, roles that I was working in.
0: Yeah. Um, And then I know that uh, Hurley suddenly ended you were in
1: your dream job and then what happened um I yeah so when I moved into that role Hurley was owned by Nike so it was like Nike's surf division and you know everyone there's you know they had they were so happy and so well taken care of and it was just I'm like wow I've like this is amazing I found it but like as you know I'm sure like the surf industry has seen it's uh you know highs and lows and it's been such a you know, a crazy journey. It's really not what it was like a couple of years ago, but um, Nike sold Hurley and in in that sale of switching ownership, you know, new ownership came in and they laid off 75, I don't know, whatever the percent was of the staff. Um, You know, unfortunately, the owners of the brand, you know, Bob and his, you know, family also left and yeah i I went into work one day and a bunch of us were called into an auditorium and we are handed an envelope and um told to go back to our desk and and leave the building (laughs) oh my god and 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 how was
0: that you know like coming from there like okay this is my dream job then suddenly you stand there
1: with a a a letter saying you've been laid off yeah i mean it was it was pretty unreal. I was still, I had just kind of gotten back from Hawaii very first, you know, I had always told myself, like, if I go to Hawaii, I want to get paid to do it. And so I finally made that happen. And that whole thing is, you know, its own experience. So I was still riding this high of like winter at pipe and everything. And um, yeah, it felt really unreal. Um, it just didn't feel real. But mm-hmm. luck- luckily, there was like severance, you know, three months of um, severance and stuff so it's not like they you know somewhat considerate but yeah
0: yeah and then I know that th- did you then just spend those three months like grinding your teeth and just uh, trying to look for a new job or did you just yeah. create content for yourself or what was your strategy
1: to kind of land the next position I I mean I was back to where I was when I I I mean, yeah, it just felt like I went backwards, right? Because, like, even when I was working at, you know, Von Zipper, I was, like, trying. And, like, when I was in Florida, I was trying. And I was, like, I was here for – I did so much when I was there because I felt like I was, like, making up for lost time. But, like, um, I yeah, I jumped right back into interviews um, all over the place around Southern California and um, was just kind of grinding through that process um, for three months. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I know
1: was that after this that you then managed to land your position at the World Surf League? Yeah, at the end of the three months, literally like the last day of the three months, I had that first interview, and the interview went really well, and it it kind of almost like not like you you can't seal the deal in the first interview, but it you know you can say something that leads to <laughs> it you know. Um, but after that call, I was like, wow, that's that's you know kind of crazy, but yeah, that was how I came across that role, and at you know, at first I wasn't sure about working on the league side, like in sports. And I had heard it was a really gnarly grind. And I didn't know if that was for me, like being so creative and like, you know, coming from like the brand side and all of that. Um, so that kind of like deterred me from like really looking into that role, um, during those three months. But after I had the conversation and I heard a little bit more about like what they're looking for, I was like, Oh, I can do this. Like, this sounds like a great fit. Um, and it ended up working.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then what, what year was this when you started working for the World Surf League? Um, that was 2020. 2020. Okay. So yeah. in the midst of COVID, started yeah. working for them. I know right. you've been helping like them make some major campaigns. um you that was in 2021 that you hired me for my first job when we had the toe challenge and then you also helped them make this massive woman days campaign in 2022 which I remember because I was there and finished with you that was yeah. when we met for the first time yeah so you did all this amazing thing and I felt like you know a lot of creativity as well you you put into it
1: yeah it was I mean it was amazing like that role like being you know being on the league side, different than the brand side, like there was so much to learn. I felt like the ceiling was so high and learning about, you know, athletes and events and like following that tour and the rankings and like, you know, driving the t- event tune in and lives, like managing live streams across like TikTok and Facebook and YouTube. And like all of this was like new. Um, and I, and I loved being able to learn all that and then sharing, I think the the other half that was so amazing to me in this role was how um, you know, Jesse Miley Dyer had, you know, worked to earn equal pay, you know, for the surfers. And then during my time there, they had secured equal venues. So, you know, we were making history, like, you know, women and men had never surfed the same, some of these same locations together at all, or in, you know, 10 plus years. Um, And those were the narratives that I loved Um, and, and really kind of opened up this new window to me of working with, on a, you know, professional athlete, like higher you know, league level, competition level and things like that. And the, you know, International Women's Day campaign, you know, was an awesome opportunity because we connected our athletes to athletes in other sports, whether that be tennis or, you know, Ice Olympics or whatever. Um, so that was an awesome experience too. Those years was some
0: really must have been some really, really interesting years to be at the World Surf League. And especially for you being so interested in pushing women's sport forward, right? Um yeah. And I guess again, here, you had this position for, I guess, around two years, you felt like you had this dream
1: job where there was a place to grow. And you could, you know, you you saw yourself there long term. I did. And and it's like everyone, you know, jumping into the industry, it's like they're from California, they're from Hawaii. And like, they all think I'm crazy, because like every day is rainbows and butterflies, and nothing's really that bad. But like, Whatever, like you bring a new energy to that team of like really appreciating what you do and like valuing like people would die for these jobs like the, you know and to get them it's difficult like it's it's a it's a really hard thing to do so um, it it was a dream every day I was over the moon I loved all of it um, and yeah I, I thought you know surely this is it, and I was you know gonna be there for a lot longer but
0: yeah. Then, <laughs> then i know there's another bot, and yeah. yeah yeah so tell us what happened there
1: yeah um similar you know just what i had mentioned ab- about the industry they i wsl had just kind of gone through a series of um some layoffs and uh, unfortunately when i had gotten back from um portugal in, i think it was into early may um i yeah i was laid off from that role um and yeah that's and that must have been like such a big you know hit
0: again being in this position where you're like okay I'm having my dream job getting laid off again working Mm -hmm. in the surf industry and I think this was when you know because this was like actually short time after we met so it was in 2022 right Mm -hmm. and I then you know I was following you on LinkedIn and then I just started seeing you <laughs> like no but I started seeing you pop up on my LinkedIn all the time like really commenting on women's sport posting lots about like
1: mm-hmm.
0: um about your takeaway in women's sport and and I, I remember just thinking wow at least she's on a mission <laughs> and I was like she knows what she want to do and and I was like I really was just like wow she's she's gonna get it you know I was like I was I was really impressed and actually really really inspired because I thought, you know, how hard it must have been to be in that position, having that job, getting laid off again and then, you know, you you did not sit down and cry and you you just like went back and grinded your teeth and was like, okay, what can I do for my personal brand, my, you know, my image too, you know, to push forward and that is to just be really involved in women's sport
1: that was my impression but tell it from your yeah. side sorry yeah, I, I mean I I did sit down and cry a lot but, um, it, it was in I mean it, that one was different it hit different for sure and I um I did a lot of things different than I did in the previous you know one after Hurley I I couldn't look at my personal social media because that was it was all surfing. It was everything I had worked up to. Like I couldn't even open that app. I couldn't pick up my own camera. I didn't feel creative. I didn't feel inspired. There's a lot of things I I said no to, but LinkedIn was the one thing where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to use this. So that's the kind of like the platform where I did put, you know, my energy, like in addition to applying for jobs, but coming out of that, I was really hit with this realization, like, okay, this like it and, and I mean that experience at WSL was amazing because it helped me see like hey this is what it's like working for a league with professional athletes on this level and like coming out of that I could say okay this translates to the WNBA or I could see this tran- translating to the NWSL like all of these doors you know so I kind of was like stepping into this huge space that I didn't have any you know exact like apples to apples like background from but um I was, I kind of like set out to, to learn that and make it. And like that, I mean, there's so many things that, different things I could talk about, like what happened in those eight months. But um, yes, I post a lot of stuff on, on LinkedIn, but I, I had some crazy routines of like working to like educate myself in those new spaces.
0: <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think that's great. So you, in You tried to invest in yourself in this period of time, I guess, investing in what you wanted to do and trying to make content out of commenting on women's sport and just being really involved and learning about new sports. I guess you also learned a lot about new sports,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. I had, I mean, yeah, I there's so many different things like I would watch, um, you know, I had never really sat down and like watched a WNBA game like to, and I didn't know all the. I mean, like all of a sudden I'm like looking at these leagues and teams and like I don't know all the players names like I made flash cards like I would like look at my flash cards like and watch a game at the same time like and watch live tweets like to like match the players and like learn who everyone was like I was following every company that I was interested in, or every league, every team, every athlete on social, like having my notifications on. So I could like track like what they're doing. I was going to NWL games, like in person, like, or WNBA games in person too. And like, just like sitting there and like getting seats to where I could be behind like the team and the social team and like watch how they're working and then watch it on my phone in real time. Like it was wow. kind of crazy, but I had nothing else to do. so. <laughs>
0: That's amazing, and of course, you know, it's scary to make that investment because sometimes, you know, because I also lost my job a few years ago, and sometimes it can be easy to just be like, Okay, I'm just gonna quickly try to find a new job, and then maybe that new job is not really, you know, in what you want to do, and then so it's scary to like be like, No, I'm gonna spend a certain amount of time investing in this, you know, really. trying to land my next green job it can be scary because of course it is an investment because you're not making any money you you know like um so i think that was super inspiring and i think it was actually like a linkedin post you also shared recently and that was like the one i saw and i was like i need to talk to Elise and get her on the podcast and that was you shared a post that you were working at the u.s open um like a few months ago And that last year you, you wrote in the LinkedIn post last year, I was at the U S open unemployed making content for my own channels, you know, to learn and all this that you said. And now this year you're working there. And I I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And that was really like, that's so cool because that must've been such a big investment going to the U S open and just be like, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm working here. I'm really going to like, just get this full experience. And then this year you were full on working there.
1: Yeah. When I, when I was on, yeah, I was definitely working it from or watching it from my couch or, you know, whatever, but just like tracking that, you know, that was the year, um, you know, Serena retired too. So it was like, there's so many amazing things happening, but um, I mean, like, yes, I came full circle and it it was amazing. And like, I definitely cried after working the event, you know, this year and it it was super special, but I think like one of the biggest takeaways there is like, you know, a lot of people would think like, oh, like, well, you applied in, tennis roles or like you set out to work in tennis or like you know so it makes sense that that's what you got like after all those months and the answer is no like I applied anywhere and everywhere and like it just so happened to like come full circle like that but I I think like so many people like put themselves in a box like I want to work here I want to work in this sport or whatever and Um, I was so all over the place and putting myself out into all these different spaces where it just so happened to where I, I found, you know, the perfect fit that led me back to there. But, um, it is really crazy. I mean, I was, I had right right after I got laid off, I had interviewed for a role at ESPN for ESPNW over women's sports. And it was three months and into my searching. And I thought this was it. They, they kind of even told me like, this is going to be it. And it wasn't it. Um, and that was just a start for me. Um, But I was, you know, looking at these quotes from, you know, Billie Jean King, and one of them was, um, you know, saying that she uses her failed matches as research, like those failed attempts as as research to help her, you know, continue to do better. And like, after just like, going through that, like spending the time and like hearing those words, like being able to stand like in her, you know, tennis center for like one of the, you know, biggest Grand Slam of the season, like, it felt so unreal and and really amazing
0: i think it's just an amazing story and just um to tell you like the listeners where you are today like so you managed after these eight months of being unemployed you managed to land the job you're having now
1: yes um yeah i work for um uh octagon which is a uh, sports uh, marketing agency so we do you know marketing for athletes there's actually two sides you know there's a brand side and the athlete side um, that are clients but I work on the the athlete side Um, so I lead our social media team um, director social media strategy so like anything that those athletes need under any of those divisions social wise um, that's what we help them with Mm. whether it's managing their accounts or helping with branded content or helping them with what they're doing leading up to the world cup or, you know, whatever it is. Um, social. That's, that's how we work with them. Uh, do you feel like you landed your, your dream job? <laughs> <laughs> this is making me sound crazy. <laughs> I think, I think the coolest thing across this is that ge- dreams grow and develop and change. And, um, and, and yes, like I do, it's it's so crazy of like over the course of those eight months you know like i told you like i was trying all these different spaces and whether it be you know tiktok meta um you know wnba nw like these different leagues like literally everything um even like trading cards and like nfts like anything connected to sports in this role at octagon touches it's social for athletes in all the different divisions so it's so similar to where I could be working in tennis or I could be working in soccer or olympics and action sports like um and then working with like the you know the the social media platforms themselves so I somehow it's somehow a combination of like all the things that I was interviewing for and trying for like all wrapped up into one
0: yeah, but uh, I really like what you say as well, you know, like, because dreams do evolve and goals yeah. and all this. And, and so this is the place that feels right for you right now, yeah. right? And yeah. and maybe, you know, you want to grow in a different direction at some point. And I think that's, you know, what is so important. And I guess that's also your experience um, that you had from your previous job, getting laid off. Have That has, of course, that's really hard when it happened, but it has shaped who you are and it has shaped, your path and and all this hard work that you put into it um, so I would like to to ask you as well like this experience like getting laid off it's really really hard and I think you know a lot of people can relate to that because whether it's, like, you're getting laid off, whether you're a professional athlete stopping your uh, yeah. playing professionally, you know, we all go through this, like, almost like a little identity crisis. I guess it can be, you know, many times. Yeah. Um, but, like, going through that, how did you, like, kind of
1: keep that fire going to be like, okay, I'm just going to work twice as hard? um it definitely had to be like a balance i think that was the biggest one like out of that came out of this longer stint of um a balance of like trying really hard but then like knowing when to step back mm-hmm. like when you've done enough because you can only send so many emails and like come up with so many creative ideas and then you need to kind of like remove yourself and it's in those moments when you stop trying and you remove yourself or you might have that identity crisis of like who you are. So for me, I mean, it was, I really worked in that balance of during that time, you know, doing therapy and like, you know, really working on like understanding myself and who I am and outside of a job and a title and that identity um, and really trying to balance those two, which is an, you know, work in progress kind of forever. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, for sure and I know you know we also talked about this that you know we both get contacted by a lot of people on for example LinkedIn or Instagram asking us like oh how do you manage to have a career within the sports industry and um, and stuff so I think it would be interesting to also talk a little bit about how much does like personal branding and networking yeah. come into play yeah and how important was that for
1: you? I think it's huge. I think like as a visual person, I'm like if they can't see like what I can do or like see these examples or whatever, like why would they, you know, talk to me? Like obviously like what, the, like the context of whatever it is, is is super important too. But I feel like always like being one step ahead. It's like, if you work in social, like give me a link, like, you know what I mean? Like screen record a video, like what? Like, what? Like how can you like show yourself and like display yourself? And in this world where like everything it, you know people are consuming like the same as like selling a product or whatever like I feel like you should be able to do that for yourself as an example of what you would be doing for a brand or, or in your job
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I, I feel you know it it takes time to like kind of find your voice as like a personal brand but I think in this yeah. industry that we work in in sport and when you work with a lot with uh, you know social media and media it's so important to know that I also know how to handle my own brand right mm-hmm. and yeah. so yeah that's always also the advice I give to people asking me is like yeah, you need to find your voice and and yeah. your own like kind of communication strategy right and yeah and
1: uh, what what would your advice be for people trying to figure like where to start and like figuring that out yeah yeah Um, I I mean, I think it definitely depends on, you know, them and like what the role is, like whether you're a communications person or marketing or whatever. And I understand that can be hard. Like sometimes you don't have like this great visual example work, but I think you can definitely kind of have your stuff all buttoned up and neat and clean and cohesive, like across platforms. Like if you're Instagram is very personal, and you want to button it up and keep it private, that's fine. But like, you know, at least your name matches the same on Instagram to LinkedIn to like, if people want to find you and like, maybe the rest of your professional information is on LinkedIn, and that's updated. I mean, there's so many like amazing features, which within like, all of the different platforms where it's so easy to like, connect yourself and like, add your website link or like, whatever, even if it's even if your website is just a bio or like very minimal, like with what's available, I feel like taking advantage of all those different things across platform, even if it's like a very minimal level is like a great way to like present yourself online. um,
0: Mm -hmm. If you're
1: looking to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. I would like to talk a little bit about this, like uh, investing in yourself, because I think, as I mentioned before, it can be a really scary thing and it because sometimes it is a big investment. Um, for example, like I told you before, when I got laid off from my old job in 2020 in the middle of COVID when I was working in the travel industry, uh, I was like, I want to learn how to public, be a public speaker. And yeah. I started investing in myself by paying for an expensive speaker course and that was really scary because i was not earning any money really and then i was gonna i was like okay but now like three years later it really paid off and have you done anything like that to kind of invest in yourself even though it can be like scary i guess everything you've done has been a big investment also like all
1: the content everything you've been doing i would i would say there's not anything that i've like paid for or i mean i or you know, kind of similar to that. But I think kind of just going back to like what I did in those eight months with like that new routine was like a new weird investment. Like I, like all the companies or like, uh, brands that I was interested in and like social media marketing brands. Like I was, I would, I was on all those email lists. So like every morning I had a full inbox because waking up to an empty one is super horrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but like, I would have a full email list and there was like podcasts that would come out like Tuesdays, Thursdays of like sports and stuff like that. So like my whole routine, like shifted to like how I could consume like as much as like this new information that, you know, is possible. And then when I was going to those games, um, I was connecting with people on LinkedIn and like trying to meet them there. And one time I ended up in, uh, like sweet at an NWSL game, like meeting like, you know, executives and like owners of the teams and like all of that was just through like asking. Um, So I think like putting, like really putting myself in like those new situations and like things like that was kind of like a new way to invest for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that, you know, that is a huge investment. And I think, you know, for me, it's, it's so interesting to hear your story because I feel like often you know, when you work in these, you know, when you work for these big brands, like Hurley, Surf, what you're doing now, a lot of people can be like, oh, you're like the luckiest person in the world. How did you get that? But but it's funny how sometimes uh, you get lucky when you work hard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's really interesting to hear how much work there lays behind landing these jobs. And I think it's so important to have that dive into behind the scenes because yeah. it's,
1: it's like it's impressive and it's inspiring thank you yeah I mean maybe a little bit of crazy I, I, mean, I think especially coming all the way from Florida it's like you're not like really born into anything like you don't have those connections like you're starting from ground zero mm-hmm. um and yeah I think one of the biggest things is like a lot of people get you know stuck on like oh I want to work for Red Bull or like I want to work for this big shiny thing and it's like you have to go broader in understanding what it is that you want to do and like what are the different places that can provide that opportunity for you it might not look anything like whatever that name is that you're stuck on how you can use that to to work towards those things
0: yeah no um i fully agree and i have like a few questions that i ask everybody who's on the the podcast i'm going to ask you as well and it's like three different questions and the the first question is who inspires you? It can be an athlete or a
1: non-athlete and why? Um, yeah, I would say one, like my biggest inspiration probably um, is Cindy Whitehead. Um, she's the one who I designed the It's Not About Pretty book for. Um, one of the first pro female skateboarders in the 70s. Um, and then just, I mean, she's made like a career career. For herself like not only she's this brand that like gives back to like girls in skateboarding today but she's a stylist across all different sports and just really like breaks stereotypes and like we have like very similar work ethic and um I mean yeah I think there needs to be more I would love it if there's more people in my life like that that I could look at and be like oh like here's different options of like things I could do so she's amazing for that reason and I want to be that for other women
0: mm-hmm. oh that's that's cool I will need to look her up after we'll try to maybe we can put a link in the in the description to her so people can also check her out um and then for me and I know for everybody I've been talking to on the podcast I've also been asking about uh, if they have any mental health routines because I think when you're like working hard if whether you're an athlete or you know as you working hard towards your goals and stuff it's really important to also check in with yourself and have like a good routine to not burn out so
1: do you have any like routine around like taking care of your mental health I would say like the biggest thing kind of for me is just kind of going back to that balance it's it's not anything super crazy but like if I have like a really heavy week or like I travel for an event or like I'm like super in the zone on my computer and like being creative it's like come Saturday like I, I will like fully step away and like transition into like going to the skate park or like surfing or doing housework outside or like doing stuff like that's very different than what I was doing so just making sure I can like kind of step aside and um, change it up whenever I need to because otherwise yeah you do get burned out
0: yeah so trying to keep everything balanced yeah yeah and then Actually, when I asked this questions, a lot of the people on the podcast, they've been telling me about their morning routine because that's something that seems to be very important for people and to, you know, kind of have a good start to the day. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people are like, okay, if I have a good start to the day, it's good for my mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And so
1: what is your morning routine? I, I love hearing about people's morning routines. Um, yeah, I'd say the weekends are maybe more fun, but like on the weekends, usually I'll do sunrise, like ride my bike to the beach or walk to the beach and like watch sunrise. Um, cause that's something that I am so fortunate enough to do here. Um, and then during the week I usually do like sunrise at home or like coffee, but like a week morning, like any morning where I'm like up and ahead, like getting an early start is a good day. Like I don't feel behind, like I have some time to myself before like stuff starts coming in. So Mm -hmm. nothing too crazy but i do like to like see the outdoors you know a little bit first but
0: (laughs) yeah okay just like checking in with yourself and just seeing getting a bit of sunlight in the morning and yeah yeah and then before we kind of round up is there anything else you would like to add or something you think we haven't been coming across i don't
1: think so (laughs) i don't know if people if there's ever like if there's questions or anything like i'm happy to like answer questions or like talk more about yeah. certain things I feel like it's hard to I mean it's always hard to fit so much into so little and like there's just like so many yeah. different details and things but um yeah I'm I'm super excited to share this with you and hopefully someone finds it helpful or interesting
0: <laughs> yeah no I think like I, I think it's very interesting because I, I you know I know a lot of people work also trying to work or you know, are working in the industry and or in different industries who are just like, okay, how do I, you know, manage this, like going after my, my goals and my dreams when it comes to my career. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's a super interesting conversation also being, you know, a woman in a, in a bit of a male dominated uh, industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd also like to ask you your, where can people follow you? And if anyone want to contact you, where's the best place?
1: Sure. Yeah. On um, Instagram, TikTok, X threads and Pinterest, it's at Elise underscore Krieger. So E-L-I-S-E underscore C-R-I-G-A-R. And then LinkedIn, it's just Elise Krieger.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But I'm everywhere, you know, little bits, but like LinkedIn is a great way to chat or Instagram um, DMs.
0: (laughs) Yeah great that's um yeah is that the
1: platforms you're using the most um i think i kind of just depend like each one is for like a different thing you know what i mean like i yeah. go to linkedin for certain things if i go to instagram it's like to see what everyone is up to um i love pinterest for you know its own reasons and tiktok for its own reasons too so yeah. i feel like they each have like their own and purposes. what about
0: <laughs> threats how is that because in europe we still can't get threats
1: oh really uh, yeah you're not, it, um, I think there was like a lot of high hopes for it. And it. I mean, I think it's definitely not trending as high as the expectations were, unfortunately. Um, I know they're still adding like a lot of updates and like building it out in real time. So I guess we'll see kind of how that works. But um, the battle between Threads and X in the past couple months has been really interesting. And there's, it's kind of just like a question mark around both of them. But um, yeah, I'd say we'll let you know if it turns into anything so
0: yeah and then
1: I'll keep see. massive
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, if, see if it comes
1: to europe eventually
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um well no but thank you so much edice and thank you f- for telling your story it was super interesting and i'm sure a lot of people will find inspiration in it and then um, and yeah, then i will also add all the links uh, in the bio here so people can go and and follow you okay yeah awesome thank, thank you emily, emily.